You're listening to Faith That Works, a podcast ministry of Faith Community Church, Indianapolis, Indiana. This is Pastor Steve Nanny, and I'm so glad that you've tuned in to listen to the series that we're in right now on Sunday mornings called I Know You, a study of the seven churches in the book of Revelation. John, with a vision from the Lord and words from Jesus Christ himself, wrote down messages to seven churches that existed in Asia Minor, which is now modern-day Turkey. This letter is full of advice, encouragement, wisdom that we can take lessons from in our churches today. We hope that you'll listen. Stay tuned to the end for more information about our church. Thanks for listening. Wait a minute. It's way too late for you to start preaching now. No, it's not. No, it's not. Hey, you know what? Every time my daughter Alicia comes in, I always talk about family. And I'm going to talk about family today. And I'm not going to embarrass. She's like, oh my gosh, here we go. We, just, we talk about this in my house all the time. Every time I come to church, she comes in town, she lives in Scottsburg, you point me out. Well, I did it again. All right, so. So, Craig, you got me going here? So we were just talking about this family this morning. Hang on. There it goes. Right? How many of you love that? You love that. You love that? How many of you, that's your alarm? Because that's the only thing that will wake you up. Some of you have something a little bit more like... Right? Some of you, no names mentioned, need to be just shook violently to be awakened from the slumber of the morning, right? But we need a wake-up call sometimes, right? Oh, oh, right? That just, that's terrible. <coughs> oh, let's talk about that. Thank you, Beth. Who, how many, yeah, you woke up now. How many of you are snoozers? Come on, snooze people. Don't be ashamed. Snooze people. All right, who's, all right, if you hit the snooze, this is confession time, we're at church. Who hits the snooze three times or more? Okay, all right. Nine minutes. So you set that alarm way early knowing you need a little ramp up in the morning, got to get that thing going. How many of you are like, one time and I'm on my feet? Where are you at? Because we don't like you. Hey, can I tell you something real quick? Let's look, at, let's look at the church of Sardis, Revelation chapter 3. Jesus tells the church of Sardis to wake up. So we need to hear this today. Revelation chapter 3, beginning in verse 1. And to the angel of the church in Sardis write, The words of him who has the seven spirits of God and the seven stars. I know your works. You have the reputation of being alive, but you are dead. Wake up and strengthen what remains and is about to die. For I have not found your works complete in the sight of my God. Remember then what you received and heard. Keep it and repent. 
If you will not wake up, I will come like a thief, and you will not know at what hour I will come against you. Yet you still have still a few names in Sardis, people who have not soiled their garments, and they will walk with me in white, for they are worthy. The one who conquers will be clothed thus in white garments, and I will never blot his name out of the book of life. I will confess his name before my Father and before his angels. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. So we've been talking about this idea of these different churches and these different cities. Remember the, the first century church was under quite a bit of persecution, right? The Romans were trying to squish the church and, and snuff out the Spirit of God, the gospel, the Word of God. And so there was a lot of Roman persecution. Remember, at this point in history, there's a lot of emperor worship. There's a lot of temples to other gods. Can you imagine driving down 31 and there's a temple here and a temple there and people were doing it? So the early church felt a lot of pressure to conform to culture. And I don't know about you, but I think we're kind of facing that now, right? The, the church is has been asked to accept. Remember last week we talked about the difference between acceptance and approval. We accept people the way they are, but we know that Jesus wants to change them. Amen? Because here's the thing. I'm not the standard, but the Word of God is. And so what we're asking people to do is find their best life that God made for them, and the only way we can find that is in the Word of God. We can't, we can't get to God's best for us. And a lot of people want to get to God's best for their lives another way. And there is no other way but the way God made it. And through His Word, that is the measuring stick. And so we love people right where they are. But then we also love them enough to tell them the truth. We, we talked last week about if you love somebody, you, you tell them if their shirt's on backwards. You got to say, hey, 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 what in the world? Hey, you, you know you're looking funny today and you should, right? You don't embarrass them, you don't point them out, but you got to love people enough to tell them the truth. And it's not, and the truth, so what's the truth? The truth is God's word. You, you're not, you're not judging, you're just sharing what God's ideal is and what God's best is because God's way, since he made us, is the right way. So we've got to help people find the right way. And it's not what I think, it's what God thinks in God's Word. So if you love people, right, you have to tell them the truth. But see, we live in a day where everybody says, you can't tell people what they can and cannot do. But if we don't, let's go back to the analogy of US 31 right out here. Hey, you know what? It says... It says 50. I don't even know what it says. That tells you what I know. It says 50, but just drive whatever you feel today. Wouldn't you love to get on I-65 and drive what you felt? That sounds like fun. But I know at the same time that's very dangerous, and it's chaotic. And then some people who are going to be terrified of driving 20 and the people driving 120, we're going to have a lot of problems. So we need boundaries to protect us and to help us. 
And so it's the same way. God has a design. God has a system. And so we need to follow God's way. And everybody's abandoning God's way. Everybody is wanting to create themselves their own system. And you have to understand we can't do that. We've got to get back. And that's why the fight has always been about God's word. Right? Even in the garden. What did, what did the enemy come to Eve and say? Did God really say that? Try, sh- yeah, surely. C- come on now. Right? God doesn't know. I mean, come on. It's all about twisting the truth and getting people to decide that they can decide for themselves how to live. Everybody following that? But we've got to get back to the Word. And so we've got to understand is that God wants His people to His Word. So the early church experienced that. So here's some wisdom for us today. Here's some wisdom for us today. So he says, so let's talk about the church of Sardis, just so you kind of know a little bit about Sardis. We talked about these, these port cities with lots of money. Last week we kind of talked about this government city, right? And so today I want to talk about Sardis. Sardis was a very rich city. In fact, they would have experienced the, a gold rush of that particular area. A lot of money. A lot of money was minted there. There was a lot of money in circulation. They were overconfident. They had everything they needed. They had an abundance of money and possessions. And how many of you understand that when you have everything you need, you don't depend on God so much? And a lot of you, if you were to be honest today, you prayed a lot more when you had less. Oh, Lord, that's pretty good now. More people should have said amen right there. I'm just being honest. You you prayed more when you had less. Is that not the truth? And so sometimes you're like, I got everything I need. God, you are good. I'm just going to move on with my day. And God's like, wait a minute. You still need me. You still should depend on me. You still should be trusting in me. And so we've got a church, Sardis, who has become overconfident, and they've been lulled to sleep by their overconfidence and their complacency. They think they're okay. Sound like the church today? We're okay. We got strong numbers. We got big buildings. We're doing lots of good in the community. But maybe there's something deeper. Maybe God is more interested in the condition of our hearts than he is the size of our buildings. Good Lord, that's good. Maybe God's more interested in the condition of the people in his hearts and his children. And a lot of people run around saying, I'm a child of God, but they live like the devil. And so God is interested in waking up his people to righteousness and to truth and to living the way God designed for us to live. Not we've asked God to come in. God, you bless the way I want to live. And God's like, no, I don't want anything to do with that. You will do it my way. You will do it my way. We're going to live according to God's plan and God's way. Or God says, you're on your own. Choose this day whom you will serve. And so that's going to be an important choice. And the church of Sardis kind of got lost into that. So he says right here, the words of him, in verse 1, who has the seven spirits of God and the seven stars. That seven stars is important because there was a coin that was being circulated in the Roman territories at this point that had the emperor Domitian on it. And on this, uh, you can look this up, and on this coin is the picture of Domitian and seven stars. 
Because Domitian said, I'm over it all. And I think it's interesting that Jesus used seven stars right here because he's like, no, you're not, I am. Don't let anybody tell you that Jesus is not in control or not over all or not in, everybody following that? Jesus is over all, sees all, knows all. Then he says right here, I know, you know, he really doesn't get into any, you know, a lot of the other churches, hey, you have this, and you have this, and you have this. Way to go, way to go. Sardis, he's like, let's go. It's time to, you know, sometimes you try to give your kids an encouraging word before you say something negative. Hey, buddy, you're, you're doing, I'm not talking about anybody specific right now. Hey, uh, you're doing a good job with this, and you're doing a good job with this, and you're doing a good job with this, but, and then sometimes you have to say, what is wrong with you? Right? Your kid said, hey, I, uh, I did the dishes. And you're like, what? You did what? What's happening right now? You, what? You brought what home from school? You did what? There's a dog in my house. Right? You understand these are things. Right? These are things. And so right here with the church of Sardis, Jesus just, he jumps into it. He says, I know your works. You have the reputation of being alive but you're what? You're dead. Anybody ever like, um, oh, let's, I can't think of anything right off the bat, but maybe somebody said, you need to go eat at this restaurant. Best steak you've ever had. And you're like, all right, let's go. So you carve out time, you make appointment, and then you have to wait an hour and a half to sit down because that's the way all restaurants are now, right? So you finally get down and you order that better steak in your life and you're like, hold the phone, not that great. What's going on here? That wasn't what, that's a disappointment. I'm never listening to James's recommendations again. I'm not, he, that boy wouldn't know a good steak if it hit him in the head if he thinks this is good, right? Or somebody says, oh, you got to see this movie. That happened to us recently. Oh, it's great. I've seen it four times. You got to see it, Steve. About 10 minutes in, I'm like, this is terrible. Why would, this is a terrible movie. I don't want to watch this. And I'm not, right? Have you seen that movie that at the end of it, you're like, well, there's two hours I'm never getting back. <laughs> you feel convicted? Like, that was a waste of time. I could have knitted a scarf or something, right? Or <laughs> not that I knit, I'm just saying. Right? You, you, you understand? And so the Sardis church had a reputation for being alive. But they're dead. See, sometimes the reputation is not the reality. The reputation that people hold, or the reputation, and so, and so what it is, is I, I, I don't, we need to make sure that the reality is right and not worry so much about the reputation. Am I following that? And, and, and what we got to understand is, is that Jesus is chastising this church because he says, you used to be. You hear that? You used to be. The, and, and I know we all, if we were to be honest, Right? Some of you were in this church in the day when it was really going, when every seat was filled. Some of you have been a part of other churches where the Spirit of God was real moving. But can I just be honest today? That's the former reign. I'm interested in the current reign and the reign that's to come. That's what we got to be interested in. The reputation of what used to be. That's a beautiful thing. And I thank God for what used to be. But what used to be cannot be what is right now. I need right now. Some of you even say, I used to be in shape 20 years ago. So what? <laughs> Man, I was strong when I was 16. 
Weren't we all? I was thinner 30 years ago. Yeah, take a number. We all were. Right? That tells me nothing. That tells me we've seen God do this in my life. I've seen, hey, if you're still wrapped up in what God did instead of what God's doing. Come on now, you hearing that? I'm thankful for what God's done. I'm I'm not negating that. Right? Some of you look at your other churches and go, oh man, I remember when I went to that one church that one time, God was moving. Zip it. Let's fall on our face and ask God, do it again. God, do it again. Do it again. I'm tired of hearing the stories. I want new ones. Don't you want new ones? And guess what? It's up to us to create those stories. As we fall on our face and trust God, as we stir it up a little bit, right? As we get things going. I know your reputation. I know how you used to be. I know that you once were alive, but now you are dead. He says dead. So then in verse 2, he says, wake up and strengthen what remains and is about to die. Listen to this. For I have not found your works complete in the sight of God. Can I tell you, if you're still breathing, God's not finished with you yet. A lot of people are like, well, you know, I did my time. Like church is some kind of prison sentence. I served the children's church at one time. I did my time. Right? I served the Lord. I gave. I did my time. I did my thing. My season's over. It's time for someone else. No, your season's over when you're gone. That's when your season is over. And can we just stop thinking that we're going to retire as Christians? You know? What, what in the world? I'm not against retirement. Some of you are retired. But why do we think, <laughs> I'm retired now. I don't do anything. I just come and warm a seat. That's what I do. How's that going to work when you stand before God one day? Right? Yeah, he's coasted through to the end. God is looking for his people to wake up because there's a season. God needs his church. Right? And it's not just, it's all of us. If you're part of this church, it's all of us. We have to all rally together. Find what God wants me to do to be a part. Because I don't want a former reputation. I don't want what it used to be. I want us to be awakened to what God has for us. We need to wake up because God's not finished yet. I have not found your works complete. It doesn't matter what used to be. So how do we go to sleep? How, how, how do we as Christians, right? Maybe you go to sleep on your marriage. Maybe you go to sleep in your... But I want to talk specifically, how does the church get lulled to sleep? And can I tell you, what I found is the lessons from the first four churches. They're kind of building on each other. Let's look at church one, Ephesus. He says, remember your first love. In other words, though, remember, protos agape, remember God's first love for you. Right? We fall asleep. Because it's not about the love of God anymore. Can, can I tell you next Saturday what our desire is to do with the community block party? Is to help people know about the love of God. Well, I just want free hot dogs. Get, get them at home. We're trying to connect people with the love of God. Well, everybody knows about the love of God. No, they do not. They do not. And who has a responsibility to do that? 
You and me. You and me. You have a responsibility. You have a responsibility. No, I just like to, I just put, how about, how about, I just put money in a plate and you guys do it. Nope. Nope. You're on team faith. Team Jesus. And we've got a job to do. And that is to connect people to the love of God. And so we fall asleep when we stop doing that. When all of a sudden it's about programs and buildings and things we can get done and we get all this. Hey, the, the goal is to help people discover God's love for them. The second thing from the church of Smyrna, we stop being faithful. Right? That just doesn't matter. As long as I get there once in a while. You, you know, an active church member now attends church once a month. Active. I, I'm going to tell you I disagree with that. And I'm going to tell you if you come once a month, you're not active. And you can just beat me up in the parking lot later, but you're not active. You're active when you come to church. Coming to church makes you active, right? I'm actively working out once a month at the gym. No, you're not. No, you're not. I don't understand why I'm in bad physical condition. I mean, I go to L.A. Fitness like the second Tuesday of every month for like 45 minutes. What's the deal? My doctor, he get off of me, man. I'm working out. I'm active. No, you're not. Why have we changed the definition? Why are we as God's people dumbing down, watering down what God expects? Can you read the book of Acts? Do we look like that? We should. We need to. Hey man, you're like, I'm never coming back to church again. He just beat me up today. I'm trying to get us to wake up. Amen. Some of you're asleep. Right? We're asleep. We're complacent. We think we're okay. The, the third thing is, you know how we go to sleep as a church? We start compromising. Just compromise. That's okay. It's you know that's all right. It's it's okay, right? You know we gotta we gotta you know we we don't it, it, you know, James just anybody with talent just put on that stage. Who cares what they do on Saturday night as long as they're? I heard a pastor tell me that one time. I don't care what you do on Saturday night as long as you're sober and ready to lead worship on Sunday morning. I'm like what? 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 You know what that's called? It's called compromise. It's called compromise. It's called lowering. The standard. And I'm telling you what, Jesus died for us to raise it, not to lower it. And so we have to make sure that the standard stays high and we can't compromise the standard. Then this, the next thing is we tolerate sin. That's what we talked about last week, right? Thyatira, that woman Jezebel, right? We tolerate people who want to come in and divide and conquer. And can I just say this real quick? If there's any of you here today that are interested in dividing and conquer, I'm going to pray you out. You got, you, if you want to, now, if you have concerns and questions and criticism, then let's just have a conversation, right? But if, you're, if your desire is to divide and conquer and to tear apart and to cause damage, hit the road. This is God's church. We got to do God's work and God's place. Now, does that mean we don't love? We still have to love. We still have to love. But at the same time, we can't tolerate sin or division or criticism, you understand? We've got to come against that. And if you want to talk to me and say something negative to me, Barb, I hadn't used you in a sermon in a long time, and I'm really sorry about that. <laughs> You've been here faithful, and I've just been letting you sit over here and get by without me talking to you like this. Well, you have. I know, and I apologize, but well, we're, I'm, we're coming home. Okay. Okay, we're going to bring it in. All right, so if you want to trash talk Barb, you're going to do it in front of Barb. You're not going to do it to me in the corner with Jerry next to that ficus tree back there. Right? You got, you got a problem with Barb? 
Have you talked about, well, 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 then zip it. I don't want to talk to you. Don't talk to me bad. Don't talk to me about angel or don't, don't talk, don't, don't trash talk people like that. Hey, 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 hey. You know what, you know, Barb, you know how James Honey, he thinks he's all that on that guitar. He's, you want to know what he told me the other he's day? He t- no, stop it, Barb. You don't know him like I know him. You think you know him. You, no, he's not Barb. You think you know him. Let me tell you what he's really like. You only, I, I I tell, let's go to lunch. I'll tell you all about James Honey. Shame on us. Oh, that never happens. You don't know. You don't know. You don't know. And guess what? Barb's got to shut me down. Barb's got to shut me down. Barb's got to say, stop. In fact, James is right over there. Let's go talk to James about whatever you're struggling with. I should apologize to James, right? And Barb's preaching to me right now. What's going on? Right? I, I, I got to do better, don't I? Right. I can't act like that. That's right. That's terrible. It is. It's terrible. Right? You understand? And this is what causes church to break down. And the devil sits back and laughs at us. Because we're so stupid. You can't say that at church. I just did. We're so stupid. We get pulled into the dumbest stuff. And he pulls us off to the side. And then all of a sudden, but guess what? Community block party. I ain't got time for that. But I want to talk to Barb about James, honey. What? Why don't you wake up and realize what's important and what matters is the gospel. The gospel. The gospel. Getting people connected to the love of Jesus Christ. Not compromising. Being unified. And then here's what happens. Here's the last one I I thought. I'm not done with the sermon. Don't think that's coming. I'm just telling you the last one on my first list here. All right, so you know what happens? When we we lose passion for people and prayer, when it becomes about me, when we lose passion for people, when we forget that Jesus died for, for a whole bunch of people that need to be sitting right here. And we gotta get, we gotta, we gotta be about that. We gotta be about that. We, we gotta be about these kids in the back who need to hear about Jesus and need a safe place. We need to find a way to connect with these parents. We want to build a house over here or, or fixing a house so that the students can have a place to grow in their faith and a place they can bring their friends to because people matter to God. People matter to God, and it's got to matter to the church. It has to matter to the church. And then guess what? But then we think we can get there without praying. Yeah, prayer, you know. Prayer is one of those things that I'm not a big fan, but I'll do it because I have to, because I I can't eat without praying. I don't choke on my hamburger, so I'll at least pray right there. Right? And we're so... We're so lazy. Can I be honest? Right? I'm, I'm preaching to me right now. Like I, I want to be, I want to, I want to pray more. We need to pray more. And I'm telling you, and stop, stop, stop saying I'm too busy. You control your own time. And you have 168 hours a week. You can't find time to pray. The devil wants to make sure you don't find time to pray. So you have to stop. 
You have to take control and you have to say, I will be a person of prayer. I'm going to wake up in my personal prayer life. I'm going to do something about it. Amen. So then he tells us in verse 3, so what am I supposed to do? I realize I'm asleep. What am I supposed to do? Verse 3, he says, remember what you've received and heard it. Keep it. And there is that dadgum word again, repent. Can't avoid it. Can't get away from it. I know you hate that word, but it's the word that's going to bring you home. You hear that? It's the word that's going to bring you home. It's going to get you back to where you're supposed to be. You know what repent means? It means turn around. Turn around. It literally means go a 180 degree direction from what you're currently going. Get back. Right? Some of you, I want to get back to where things used to be. Then turn around. So I went to North Carolina not this long ago. Now, they say people in the South aren't that bright. Well, there might be a little truth to that. I'm from there. So anyway, so I can say that. So we're going down this road. And anybody in North Carolina is watching, my apologies. So we're going down. It's called 221. We were going south down 221. And there's a road with an arrow. Now this is a four-lane road, two going this way, two going the other way. And every half a mile, there was a reminder of what direction you were going in, in case you have forgotten. 221 south. So there's the road. But the strangest thing was the sign right next to it that said 221 North, turn around. You turn. So drive a half a mile, you're headed south. If you want to go north, just, just, just flip that car around. Just you turn. You turn. Because if I'm going south and I'm thinking, how am I going to go north right now? And I need to go north. Now I'm going south. Which way would I go? Thank God for that sign that told me I needed to do a U-turn because I didn't know which way north was. Right? I'm telling you, some of you are walking a road today and you're not happy with the road you're on. Hello, turn around. Turn around. Don't pull off to the side and try to figure out. Now, I can stay on this road. And still make it work, maybe. If I could just, hmm, how can I go the other direction without changing direction? Let's think about this, because this road's not working. I need to go that way. Let me think about this for a minute. This is not rocket science, people. You want to get right with God? Turn around. Repent. You want your life to be different than the way it is right now? Repent. Confess it. Call it out. Say it. God, forgive me. I need to do better. I'm going to turn around. And you say, Pastor Steve, I've repented 25 times. Hello, make it 26. Whatever you got to do to get on the right road, get on it. Get on it. The church needs you to get on it. And it can't be a handful of people. It's got to be all of us. Repent. And then Jesus said, if you'll not wake up, I'll become like a thief. And you'll not know what hour... I will come against you. Now, this is important just for a historical. I won't stay here too long. Historically, two times in the history of Sardis. Now, the cool thing about Sardis is it sits down in a hole surrounded by giant rocks. So the military is a great place to protect because nobody could get over the rocks 
to get to the city. So it was well fortified because it was sitting in a hole, essentially, surrounded by these great rocks. So there comes in some overconfidence. Nobody can get to us. We're okay. But two times in their history, the Persians one time and the Greeks one time, they sent people over the cliffs. And while they were not paying attention, people came over the cliffs and down into their city and wiped them out. So when Jesus said, I'll come like a thief in the night, that rung a bell to the history. And they realized, we don't want that. And so Jesus says, I will come. I will come against you. Yet you still have a few names in Sardis, verse 4 tells us. People who have not soiled their garments and they will walk with me in white for they are worthy now I thought about this as I was preparing today and, and I know right now you're thinking I wish you'd just get off me because I'm looking for easy church right P pastor I'm, I'm looking for easy church and, I'm, and can I tell you you're not, you're not going to want to be here if you're going to want easy church right you're not going to want to be here if you want easy church. Because I know we want the, uh, well, you know, no mess, no fuss, let's just get along. Can I, can I be honest with you? We're doing war here. You feel it. You felt it. Some of you, I feel, like Fred and Brenda, they were like, why do we ever come to that church? But the devil's been, since we came to faith community, man, we're just getting wore out. Some of you feel the same thing. You're like, man, I should go to another church because I was just happy down the road. I came to faith and the devil turned it up. Welcome to the battle. Welcome to the battle. We're part of the army of God and it's time to do war. And can I tell you, it's not going to be soft. It's not going to be warm and fuzzy. And it's not going to be easy. It's going to be messy. It's going to be bloody. But the good news is when Randy gets down, I'm going to pick Randy up. That's my brother. I'm going to see him bleeding. And I'm going to see him falling. And I'm going to see him struggling. But I'm not going to stand at a distance going, see you next week, brother, at 10 a.m. God bless you. <laughs> not doing that. I don't want to do that. I don't want to do that. And if that's what you want, two things should happen. Let me go somewhere else. Or you go somewhere else. But I want to do war here. I want to do battle here. I want to, watch this, advance the kingdom of of God. I want to advance it. I don't want to just I don't I don't want to just juggle. I want to move. I want to move. And can I just tell you this? No motion, no friction. No motion, no friction. Was it Pastor Enlow that said you can't move a parked car? Something like that? Right? Can't follow a parked car. Hey, can I tell you let's shift this thing and drive and go. And what's going to happen is when you put this thing in drive and go, you're going to need an oil change. The tires are going to wear out. You're going to have to change the serpentine belt once in a while. I know nothing about cars. Spark plugs are going to have to go, right? But can I tell you? But we're moving. We're moving. And so when you feel a little friction, when you feel like something's right, when you, and I feel it, you feel it, the leadership feels it, like, man, are we, it's, it's almost like we're at war. Correct. Correct. So what we do is we pray hard. We keep our wits about us. We stay focused on the goal. You are not my enemy and neither is anybody out here. We do not wrestle against what? Flesh and blood. But against spirits and powers and principles. So I know right now, Pastor, you can't even say that out loud. The devil's listening. The devil's listening. You can't 
You can't declare. You, hey, I declare right now, I have authority over snakes and serpents and all authority. I'm not scared of the devil. The devil's scared of me. I ain't worried about him. Somebody told me this week, you can't confess that out loud. What's going to happen to you? I'm going to move is what's going to happen. I'm going to go. I'm coming against devil. We're coming for you. You cannot have our children. You cannot have our town. We are coming. We are coming. The gates of hell will not prevail against the church. I will build my church. Man, I'm having a good time. I hope y'all are. I'm having a good time. I hope I'm getting you fired up because we got to go. Well, Pastor, shouldn't you preach this again when there's more people here? I just might. Right? I just might. Because we got to go. Right? We've got to go. God's got work for us to do. So anyway, they'll walk with me in white. I'll wrap this up. So look at this. So I'll never blot, verse 5, the one who conquers will be clothed thus in white garments. And I will never blot his name out of the book of life. I will confess his name before my Father and before his angels. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. Jesus told us in Luke chapter 10, Rejoice that your names are written in the book in heaven. Watch Revelation 21, 27. But nothing unclean will enter it. And anyone who does not what is detestable or false, but only those who are written in the Lamb's book of life. If we can stay faithful, if we can wake up, we're in the book. He's going to hang on to us in the book. And he has so much reward for his people who will hang on. I love that. They walk with me in white. The one who conquers will be clothed in white. And I love the verse right here that says this in Revelation 7, 14. And I said to him, sir, you know, he said to me, these are the ones coming out of the great tribulation. They have washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the lamb. So here's my question to you today. Have you gone to sleep? Have you went to sleep? And maybe say, well, well, Pastor, I'm saved and I'm born again. Maybe you're just taking a cat nap, but it's time to wake up. Right? Some of you power napping. Wake up. Right? I like to nap as much as anybody. But sometimes that grass got to get cut. You got to get up. You got to get up. I'm telling you, I know, I know, you're, I know you're thinking, I, I, I don't, I'm not trying to guilt you. I'm not trying to beat you up today. But what I am trying to get you to see is how important what this thing is called the kingdom of God. And what we're doing here as the church, we're, we're not playing church. I'm, I'm not. I'm not playing church. I'm not, I'm not trying to be a place that you can just check the box and, and get stirred up and go and do whatever you want to do. No, 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 no. We're building an army here. And it's going to be ugly and it's going to be, it's going to be bat, uh, the battle and it's going to be bloody and it's going to get dirty. But we've got, to, we've got to progress. We've got to move. We've got to press in. We've got to push. We've got to rally together. We've got to say, hey, how can I help you? You're a soldier who's down. What can I do for you? You need a medic? I got you. Come on, let's go over here. Let's get you some reinf- You need some water? Let's go. You, you following that? And that's different thinking. I know. That's not the church I grew up in. Right? I grew up in church, Sunday school, worship, Sunday night, training union, Wednesday night, Sunday school, Sunday worship, training union, Sunday night, Wednesday night. We were busy, but we weren't progressing the kingdom. We weren't progressing. We weren't, right? I'll say a little thing I live by. We're either putting out fires or we're starting fires. Right, really. If you think about it, we're either putting out fires or we're starting fires. I want to be a church that's starting fires. 
I grew up in church my whole life. And, and I felt like what we, all we tried to do as churches, again, my whole life's in the church. All we tried to do was make sure everybody was happy. Oh, brother, sister, so-and-so is upset. We better go hang out with them, make sure they're not mad. Oh, sister, so-and-so, brother, so-and-so, we got to make sure they're not upset because I said something in the sermon or somebody said something in the sermon. They might have been offended, so I better double check. So I got to pull them to the side. Are you okay? That's just what we do. I just scared him to death. <laughs> we got to make sure, Randy, Peggy, bless your hearts. Are you okay? Is there anything I can do for you? I mean, I'm just going, right? I'm like, what? That's not church. That's not church. Right? Now, now there's a difference in making sure you're okay as we battle together. And are you okay with everything? You're right? Are you okay with everything I've said today because I didn't want to offend you or hurt you? Come on, I, I, please don't make me be that pastor. Please don't make me be that pastor. L let's rally together. J just, just take your own feelings and say it's not about me. It's about the kingdom. Let's come together. Let's link arms. Let's go to war. Let's go to war. Now, if you need something, then we come together. We rally together. You're hungry, you're thirsty, you're in the war, and you're, about, you're struggling. You're, you know, what, what, but let, but let's, let's come together. Let's start a fire. <laughs> that sounds crazy, doesn't it, when you say it like that? Let's start a fire, a Holy Ghost fire. I want to be a part of that. I want to be a part of a Holy ghost fire that people walk out and go dear sweet lord what is going on in that place and we'll just say it's just jesus it's just jesus that's right we're taking territory we're taking it right that's that's why i mean you, you're going to hear me get fired up i i i'm fired up about our kids i'm fired up i'm fired up because i refuse to let the enemy have our children. I just refuse. I, I refuse to have the enemy twist their minds, get them thinking sideways or not even know who they are. And so we got to fight. I, I, I'm tired of, of, of our, anyway, I can't get into all that. You talk to me. I, pizza with the pastor, you're going to get loaded up today. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> hey, stand to your feet. Let's go. Let's cover some ground. Let's do some good. Let's start some fires. Let's get stirred up. We are at war. We are at war. James, just come and play. I'm trying to be sensitive to what God wants to do. Would you just bow your heads and close your eyes? So my question is, have you gone to sleep? Cat napping, power napping, whatever you want to call it. Some of you are dead asleep. And I just want to say this real quick. I want to give you the opportunity. If you don't know Jesus as your Savior, you need to come talk to me today. Don't. Thanks for listening to our podcast today. Faith Community Church is located at 6801 Southeast Street, Indianapolis, Indiana, 46227. We are on the south side of Indy on the corner of US 31 and Southport Road. For more information about our church, please go to www.fccindianapolis.com. We worship Sunday mornings, 10 a.m., Sunday nights at 6 p.m., and midweek services as well. We have activities and studies for all ages. We have something for your entire family. Come be a part of our family. We would love to see you sometime. 
Have a blessed day and always remember that Jesus changes everything.